When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilyeu and I'm a little sick and I'm here with my beloved wife Lisa and hopefully I can speak properly through Bless this episode. You. We actually put the shoot off another day so that your voice could get yeah. slightly better. Um, so, oh bless you. Well, yeah. we it was well worth losing your voice over and getting sick. Well, that, yeah, so the losing the voice and getting sick are two separate phenomena. This right now, I don't think it's my voice. My voice feels relatively normal, mm. feels normal, but obviously because I'm stuffed up and stuff, I sound a little funny. Yeah, we just got back from New York Comic Con. It went amazingly well. Amazing. You, Mr. Billu, hat off to you for having a vision and freaking executing it at the level that we did. Like, it was mind-blowingly amazing. It was really awesome. And like you said, well worth getting sick for, but nonetheless, it is amazing what a time suck being sick is. Mm. Bit of a a pain, I'm not happy about it. And when you're sick, we have very strict rules, which at the beginning, actually, of our relationship, I remember getting offended when you wouldn't come. Offended by when you wouldn't come near me because I was sick. It was like I did. I but germs are. I know, but I don't understand. The thing is, I think it's because in those moments, like you know me, I always like to put on a brave face. I don't need anything. But then in the moments of weakness, I just want to be taken care of. And when you won't come near me and you've got like, um, you know, your hand over your mouth, like I've got the lurgy. Oh, I'm happy to take care of you. It's like proximity is the problem. And now I get it though. I was going to say. Yeah, now yeah. I get it. And look, we've spoken through it, but it, it literally, when we first met, like it really did upset me that you wouldn't come near me. And then you explained, it's like, look, I, I can't function when I'm sick. And so we, you know, I obviously saw it from your perspective mm. and took the emotion out of it. So now you just sleep in the guest room. Um, I'm sure our cleaner thinks that we're fighting. We're fighting. Yeah, exactly. I've often thought that, like, what she thinks, like, when she comes in and sees, huh, he's staying in the guest room. Yeah. Now. I don't know if she's ever put it together. Yeah. Um, All right. Time for questions. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So question number one is from Brittany Williams. How can I build a self-esteem that allows me to overcome the insecurities I get when my partner has a spirit of lust for other women? It's hard to explain. A lot of his habits I'm unhappy with have to do with his lust towards other women and it affects my confidence. Yet all my relationships have been this way and I'm convinced most men are like this and I just need to find a way to accept it. Wow, that's really interesting. So a spirit of lust for other women. There's something in the verbiage that makes it sound extreme. Um, But if she's saying that all of her relationships are like that, it makes me think that she may just have a high sensitivity to it. Um, I think this is really two-part. One, I think it is a just deep misunderstanding of the human condition to think that someone will only be attracted to one person. And I think you're setting yourself up for a ferocious amount of insecurity in thinking, oh, they only have eyes for me. 
because deep down I just really believe people know that's not true because you're going to look at somebody else and think, oh, they're an attractive person. And then you start thinking, oh my God, what if my significant other thinks somebody else is attractive? So finding someone attractive to me is just very natural. And the second part of this I think comes from the person isn't making them feel to their core that they're their number one. And that's Mm -hmm. why when I got the tattoo, um, that's my promise to you, one of the four most important words in a relationship is commitment. Meaning, yes, I find other people attractive, always will, but I'm committed to you. Like that, it, This relationship is so meaningful and so important to me that like, I'm going to commit to it. So regardless of whether I find somebody else attractive, I am so into this relationship and I want people to understand, like I keep emphasizing the being into it and that is the genesis of the commitment is it's important to me, it's meaningful to me, it's valuable to me, it gives me so much that I want to commit to it. And what I mean by commitment is that despite being attractive, somebody else being attractive, despite... um, the hardships that we will inevitably go through despite ups and downs, like despite all of that, you can always count on me to be 100% faithful, 100% engaged in this relationship because it's so meaningful to me. So like that just always made sense to me. And in terms of what I would want back from somebody, it's that. I would want them to say, oh my God, this relationship gives me so much, of course, like I can see beyond any momentary like difficulty to knowing that this is worth sacrifice and you know not giving in to baser instincts or not even feeding into them um but i i think that it there's obligation on both sides like she needs to really look at human nature and just be completely comfortable with that is the nature of things to be sexually attracted to things that are sexually attractive and then that part of what makes a relationship beautiful is that you can rely on the other person to be committed. Yeah, um, I agree with everything there. And I think just from a female perspective, um, I had a hard time when I was younger with the same thing. Like if my ex-boyfriend would look at another girl, immediately I would get upset with him because he glanced at her, right? It made me feel less than and it really would upset me and we'd get into massive arguments about the fact that he looked at another girl. And then I remember on our first date, you literally were like, well, I think partly because A, it's you, and then B, we just had one of those, we had no expectations going into that first date, so we were all, we were both very candid. And I remember you saying, like, it's crazy to me that people think that there's just one person for everyone or just one person they're attractive to and that's going to be it. And what I loved, I remember you even saying, with the same for you as well. As a woman, of course you're going to be attracted to other guys. And I remember, like, that was like the first time a guy had ever said that to me. It's like, wow. I was so impressed with how secure you were to say that. And then that kind of um, really rang true to me. Like, wow, that's about security within yourself, right? Because for me, it's not about, well, you shouldn't look at another woman. The truth is I'm not the most beautiful woman in the world, right? Like who is technically the most beautiful woman? There's only one person, whoever that is, I don't know who, but there's only one person. So does that mean every single other woman in the world should feel inferior? No, it's, I have something to offer that other women don't. So even if it's not the beauty, um, if someone else more beautiful came along and tried to throw themselves at you, I need to build up my self-confidence to know that I have more to offer. And if you are just 
interested in beauty, then we're never going to work because I am going to get old. I am going to get frail. My boobs are going to, you know, touch my my feet at some point, you know, due to gravity. All the way to your feet, (laughs) right? But like, gravity is going to take care of it. and so if all I'm focusing on is that there's other beautiful women out there, then I'm freaking screwed. And I remember thinking that, like, as we, when we got together and you said that and that really resonated. And it's really finding someone else that's like-minded like you. So I think, A, you need to embrace that you're not the most beautiful or handsome person in the, in the universe. Um, And then B, how does that other person, like you said, treat you and make you feel? Because in all honesty, if I had the self-confidence that I have now and I was in a relationship and the guy looked at another woman and he was legitimately drooling, I would think I would now be like, well, that's, that, that would actually still be a sign of disrespect because it's like, okay, you're drooling. Um, that doesn't feel like it's respectful to me in this moment because I understand how that can be perceived um, by other people and, in fact, even by myself. It's like, okay, that, that's taken it too far. But if it was, okay, you look at other beautiful women, I get it. Like, that's kind of almost human nature. Your eyes um, are drawn towards beauty. So I think it's how they handle themselves as well when they're around, um, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I'm really glad you said that because I think that's super important. Like, Even though I will be the first to admit that I can appreciate beauty in somebody else, I'm insanely sensitive to the fact that how you react in that moment, you can still seem like a total asshole. Right. And if... If you are ogling and drooling and being inappropriate, um, yeah, like one, that's just like super douchey. And then two, it's certainly not going to make the other person feel good. Um, and I think being really cognizant of that. And when, when I said that, and, and even what I'm talking about now, what, I'm, what I really want people to understand is like, it, it, it doesn't mean, oh, go flirt with people or Why? be over the top. What I'm saying is I'm going to act with decorum at all times. And I want you to know, you never have to worry about what's going on in my mind. And that's where I think people undo themselves is it isn't so much just the glance. It's that the person is telling them lies. They're saying, I only have eyes for you. Mm-hmm. You're the only woman I find attractive. And the person is going... I want to believe that so badly, but Mm -hmm. everything tells me that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And so I never wanted you to wonder if, if like, I'm lying. So it's like, look, yes, I'm going to find other people attractive. But here's the part you never have to worry that I'm lying about. I'm committed to you. And so, A, when I tell you that I think you're beautiful, it's because I actually think you're beautiful. And B, like... You don't have to worry. Your looks are going to fade. Like, Mm -hmm. that is such just an obvious reality. And... I knew, like, and I don't know what... Well, also, can I say, your body's going to change as well, both men and women. So if you're just admiring someone for their six-pack abs or whatever, it's like, you, it's not sustainable. So, sorry. For sure. And even if you can sustain it for a long time, like, age gets us all. Mm. And I never wanted you to be obsessed with that. Like, mm. they're just, I love it, and I've always told you, I am enjoying your beauty whilst you have it. Um, and maybe more importantly, because there are elements that I think about you that will just forever be beautiful. That and they, I have put a lot of energy into finding things. Um, oh, this isn't going to make sense in a really brief way, but I find things 
to anchor on your physicality, things that I find beautiful about who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that those will always remain. And so to and I've done that because I want to find you physically attractive, like even when you're a bag of wrinkles. I want to be able to look at you and you know to the core of my being, I mean it when I say you're beautiful. Mm. But that's like a whole like advanced class thing. Um, the, the other part of it is, okay, knowing that like your physicality is going to change and traditional standards of beauty are going to disappear, it's like I didn't want you to be insecure about that. And I knew that while you're beautiful now, I want to be telling you like, hey, there's something so much more to you that I am like obsessed with and that makes this a valuable relationship to me that isn't tied to your physicality. Um, So I think that's really important. And then just really fast, because I'm not sure I quite wrapped that story up the way that I had intended to start it, but um, one thing that I, I just super, super respect about you is there was this one time we were at a pool party at the Roosevelt Hotel of all places and I like, never would have seen this coming, but these two women there went topless all of the sudden and started making out. And you grabbed me and were like, hey, 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 like, look over here. There's these two women topless making out. And I was like, what? And I don't know if you remember, we were with another couple and she was hitting him for looking. Yeah, exactly. I think we were with your sister as well. And, um, and it was like so funny to me that you were willing to like point out that that was happening to me because I hadn't noticed it (laughs) and I thought it's so amazing that you're that secure about it I forgot about that actually yeah and I think and I I was I want to emphasize that I didn't start there I started like at 16, I was a super jealous girlfriend that had a boyfriend at the time and our relationship was terrible. I was jealous of everything. Even if you brought up another girl's name, like I had, you know, a meltdown of like, oh my God, he's having an affair, he's cheating on me, blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't start there. It all came from the way we developed our relationship. And I think it did start from that day one where you were so brutally honest that it was so refreshing because I was like, wow, I actually don't have to pretend anymore if I see a guy and and he's hot or if I see, you know, at the time Brad Pitt was like the thing. um, Oh my God, like Brad Pitt's abs are like freaking washboards. Like they're stunning. Um, And to not hide that, right? Because I was definitely the person who was like, no, I don't find them attractive. They're not good looking. So I think that that allowed me to be relaxed in that situation. And then over time, you showed me that it was more than just my looks that you were interested in, which then really solidified our relationship. It um, allowed me to be comfortable. I definitely worked on my own self-esteem and my own confidence because I definitely wasn't confident when I was younger. So then I also realized I don't want to put my emotions in your hands, right? So if I'm not confident in myself, the second I see you glance at another woman, it affects my confidence. Well, now I'm actually giving it over to you, right? You tell me if I should feel good or not. And I realize that's so dangerous. It's dangerous in our relationship even now. It's like with our business, we have to have our own confidence in what we do. um, Because if you leave it to somebody else, I just think that 
going back to what I said, it can really uh, make a difference. So I remember at the time going, okay, I, I can't put the confidence in his hands, depending on if he looks at me a certain way or he compliments me a certain way, I can't rely on that. So I have to do the work myself. I have to do the things that make me feel confident separately. And so one of the things was dressing differently, right? I use clothes as an expression of myself. I get confident when I dress a certain way, um, going to the gym and actually lifting weights. The strength of it made me feel stronger, made me feel more confident. So I did things on my um, on my own to make sure that I was bringing that confidence to the relationship. And then the second part of it, or third part, full part, wherever I am, um, was going, okay, if I can look at another woman and feel, let's say, the sting of like, oh shit, she's beautiful, then why can't I just embrace the joy of that in the sense right it's like if you're gonna see she's beautiful and I kind of think that yeah she's very pretty instead of like getting annoyed or frustrated or upset over it and allowing that to affect my confidence just lean into it go wow yeah she's stunning and I remember when we started working out together in the gym we got to the point where I started to own okay I don't I I'm gonna reveal something I think my body's flat and I would love to have a little shaped booty so i was like okay i'm on a mission to get a nice curvy butt because i know you're a butt guy and you were very honest you're not a boob guy you're a butt guy and you told me that so i was like okay my butt is flat i've always wanted a curvy booty in a way you like curvy booty so great so when we would go to the gym i flipped in instead of feeling feeling um, self-conscious about my butt and looking at other women with good butts and being like you know oh fuck like she's got a good butt he's gonna look at it I would grab you and be like babe do you like her butt okay is that the type of butt that you like and it would give me the motivation to then work out look at her butt do the squat and I used it as a positive instead of a negative and then we bonded over it right so that like everything kind of fed into each other of um of the self-confidence of owning how I feel and not being threatened or feeling threatened by other women around me. And the same with guys, you know, I, the same thing. We actually remember when you first started working out and you would show a photo of, um, oh, X-Men. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. And you had a photo of Hugh Jackman on, or a poster, picture on the wall for a while when, as you started working out saying- Hashtag Man Crush Monday. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that was the physique you wanted. And again, remembering, uh, I remember at the time, I was like, whoa, I don't, I don't, I think it's a little too big. And I started finding photos of guys' physiques that I liked and I would show you. And I'd be like, I really like this physique. Um, so kind of, it's not really about the physique itself. It was, go, it's really about the fact that we bonded over those things where certain things can really tear couples apart from the jealousy. I think we found a really great way to bond over it. And it doesn't mean that I ever got the butt that I wanted, but it was the bonding that we did that, that really brought us together. And that's how you bond over other people's bodies, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, that's the right, next Word. question. I want to know how many times I said butt in that one, send, on that one uh, spiel. Okay, next question. This, goes, this is from Nikki Thomas. How do you support someone with low self-esteem without losing part of yourself to them? Ooh. Um, I think the only real way to do that is if the other person is committed to building their self-esteem up. It, it is not fun to pour yourself into a bottomless pit. And mm. supporting somebody and encouraging them and giving them things to hold on to 
if all they're doing is using that as their life support system, like if they're essentially buried underwater and you are that oxygen hose to the surface, but as soon as you stop giving them oxygen, they're drowning again, that's not fun. And I think the person that's under the water, so to speak, has to own, like your job is to get to the surface. Like I'm gonna give you oxygen that's gonna buy you the time to get to the surface, but motherfucker, if you're not swimming for all you're worth towards the surface, like this is not a way for anyone to live their life, for you or for me. And knowing like people have an obligation to themselves, man, and you cannot turn to people to like constantly feed you. And you've really gotta be like, okay, I'm not gonna need this of this person for long. Like I can't allow myself to do that. And this is where it comes down to like the code you live by. Mm. The code you live by matters. And if you don't have something that says, I own me, I have to improve me, nobody can be my life support system. Like I'm eternally grateful for anybody who shows up for me in an acute moment of need, Mm. but that moment needs to be acute. Um, and knowing that like it's not okay to beat yourself up over something even if you believe it is true to the core of your being like you just can't live there so if somebody came to me and was like I'm a worthless piece of shit I'd be like okay cool what are you doing right now to change that because you can't stay there no matter what you've done no matter what's happened to you like every day needs to be about rebuilding yourself and acknowledging the way that the brain works which is you've spent a lot of time in that loop which means that loop is hardwired, which means you've got to create a new loop of positivity, otherwise you're underwater forever. And I think that unless the person makes that commitment, you will certainly waste your time. I don't think I would ever lose myself to somebody, that's like a whole nother thing, but you could end up wasting a lot of time. And I forget what the name is for people that do that. I mean, certainly that's the, the negative side of codependency when you allow yourself to be like, I only feel good when I'm feeding them and, you know, like booing them up. I know how much you find the way that Americans say that funny. Um, but at the same time, it's like the other person is like a succubus that, you know, only feels good when you're giving them that. And so it becomes this very dysfunctional codependency. Mm. Um, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about being um, independently codependent, so I'll set the verbiage aside for a second, but um, being allowing yourself to be in a dysfunctional relationship like that just does not make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about us then, because um, we didn't really have this specifically, like the low self-esteem, but in the depths, you know, of my Um, digestion issues and my health issues where my hair was falling out I mean you know my nails were breaking I could barely eat anything every day so my emotions went haywire I'm not normally an emotional person um, but my emotions went haywire my self-esteem and just I guess the I couldn't pick myself up much it's not like I felt like Lisa you're worthless so it wasn't low self-esteem like that but it was definitely like you can barely even stand up like how can you you know you're not being a good wife in regards to like I'm not able to make you food or like even give you the attention that you know I think both parties need because it was all it sadly was all about me right I could barely stand up so every time we were together doing anything your attention was on me and so over time my um, feelings about myself weren't great. And um, I didn't feel beautiful again because my hair was falling out, my nails were brittle, my face was so skinny. Um, And I remember I was turning to you a lot for that pick-me-up. 
So it wasn't really I was turning to to help my self-esteem, but I definitely was turning to you to like pick me up emotionally, like make me happy, like dance for me, clown. Um, but seriously, no, I was definitely looking at you. And I remember one specific day, God, I can't remember the, the details of what you were doing, but I remember I turned to you and I was basically looking for the pick me up. And you said, babe, you have to do this yourself. I'm going to be there for you. Like, I love you. And I think you had like big, bit, a lot of business things that were going on as well. And you're just like, you have to do the work yourself. Because when I'm not around, like I can't be with you 24 hours a day. And when I'm not with you, how are you going to handle yourself? How are you going to deal with your emotions? How are you going to deal with, you know, the sad moments that you're feeling? I'm not going to be able to be there for you every single step. And so I am here for you when you need me. Like, I love you. But you, I need to see that you're working towards that. And that was the most compassionate, sweetest thing you could have said to me. Because at the time it fucking stung. Because I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I need you. Um, but the truth was, at the same time, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because it's like, wow, you're so right. I'm turning to you for my medicine, right? It's like if you've got a headache because you're eating a lot of sugar and you're just taking um, Advil to cover it. It's like, no, no, you need to stop the sugar if the sugar's what's causing it. And I was turning to you, you were like my Advil, right? And it's like, I wasn't doing the deep work myself to get out of that space. And when you said that to me, you really did let me know that you were there for me, which I think is very important. You didn't just dismiss me, but you did, you were firm in saying, I, I can't do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Um, it's like that we had actually guests on impact theory that were saying, or maybe it was actually health theory, that were saying that they were getting all the junk food for their wife. So the guy was going out every day and getting fast food because it made her happy. Rungan Chatterjee talking about his, one of the people that he worked with. Yeah, that he was, oh, yeah, that's right. So a patient of his, he went along on ride-alongs with the husband to see how he was feeding the family and how he was, um, how, how their health was. And every night he was going out and getting takeout for his wife. And he asked them, why are you getting takeout? It's like, because it makes her happy. He's like, but she's actually depressed. So you're just getting food to make her happy in that one very moment because you're trying to be the good husband. Mm. You don't want to be the horrible husband that turns around and says, no, this isn't good for you. But ultimately, you're just being a Band-Aid and probably making things worse for her in a way. And I, I remember when you said that and it was like, it's so true. So if you are with somebody that has low self-esteem, I think you need to make sure that they know that, that you're there for them with all the love and compassion in the world. Show them that you're there for them, but also do a bit of the tough love and let them know that the work has to be done themselves. Church. So. All right, next question. This is from Anonymous. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend and I just broke up. We'd been together almost two years and I felt like she was my best friend. I made the decision because I felt that I couldn't make her happy and I think she needs time to build confidence on her own. I explained all of this to her. Even though I thought a long time about the decision, it instantly felt like I was making a huge mistake. Can you talk a little about why I feel this regret instantly and how to overcome it? Also, any advice for the grieving process when I need to put a lot of energy into my work right away? You might be better at answering this question than I am. This just isn't the thing that I struggle with in life. Yeah, well, so I, I can't speak for their specific situation. My thinking is I would need to assess whether I, because basically he's like, okay, you've got issues, you need to deal with them. Now, if I felt that about you, I would not leave you. 
right? Like I would be like, I, I need to support you. I need to help you get there. And then if I didn't see that you were able to get there and it was really strong, it was really coming in between our relationship and I'm just like, you're just not making the effort. I would say, look, I can't do any more. I've tried, I've given you everything. I'm really trying to get you there, but you can't. And because you can't get there, I can't be with you. Um, but did he try that? Or was it like, okay, you're, you've got issues, you need to deal with them. And once you've dealt with them, let's get back. I don't think that's supportive. And I think that's actually... I don't know how you would ever get back together in a healthy relationship if that's the case. Because if you did that to me, I'd be like, oh, well, clearly you're willing to just bail the second that I have an issue. And I think as a partner, you need to support each other. Um, so I don't know if what situation they're in to, for him to be able to say, like, did he give her the chance? Did he try to help her through it? Or if he didn't, did he break up with it and then feel shitty about it immediately? Be like, shit. Like, I, I wasn't a good boyfriend. I didn't actually try to help her. I just bailed. And now he feels the guilt. And that's why he's, like, saying maybe I should, you know, overcome it and get back to it. But um, That's a very good perspective. I'll give you a counterpoint. Mm. I think that a lot of times there's a human propensity to what they call buyer's remorse, right? Mm. So you make a decision and then mm. you regret it because you've essentially walked through a door and now all other options are closed to you. I think people just have a hard time making a decision. Um, and my thing is, if when you're in the relationship you want out, trust that. And if you only want in when you're out, like don't trust that. So it is... Have you ever come close to wanting out of our relationship? No. So that to me is... Um, Like the inability to make a decision is so paralyzing for people. And now what you said may really be what's going on in their mind and it may have nothing to do with an inability to make a decision. But I think it's also very plausible that this is just a, a person struggling with being decisive. Yeah. Also, and I know you do not suffer from this, but I do understand it, is people don't like to be alone. And was there something about her that he was um, gaining that he maybe didn't even realize? Um, and look, I think in this situation, this is the moment to be able to, to go to deep dive, right? To deep dive of all your feelings of why do you, what was she bringing to the relationship that you miss? And if it was like fun or something like that, just put that out you know, whatever. Um, if it was fun, it's like, okay, well, can you not have fun by yourself? Okay, if you can't have fun by yourself, why not? Like, what is it that is not allowing you to be like that? You shouldn't just seek it in one specific person, right? I do understand, like, ultimately, like, if I could be with anybody on this green earth to have the most fun with, it's you. But that doesn't mean that if I'm not around you that I can never have fun. So what is it that she was bringing to the relationship that now he's missing or, you know, um, yeah, missing. So. And um, I lied, by the way. What? I actually did consider breaking up with you oh. when you made me destroy the photos, That's the right. negatives. But that was when we were still dating before yes. we married. Actually, go and explain that story. So this is very early in our relationship. We were just dating. And I um, was, at the time, I was pursuing photography as a career. And um, I, we end up taking, I don't remember like what I said to you at the beginning of it. Like you were 
like nude under this blanket and we were taking these photos and it was like amazing and it was really like the photos were amazing and as we were going like you were loosening up and the blankets coming down and I'm like oh my god like she's getting so comfortable this is amazing and I think at the beginning you said but just don't take anything too revealing and the but funny then thing is, you're gonna... dropping the blanket. I was like, "Oh wow, she's like really loosened up." And, and so... I'm thinking at the time, I've already told him. So whatever right. angle he's using, whatever <laughs> lens he's using, he's going to make sure that he's not taking anything revealing because I've right. expressed my opinions right from the get go. Right. So then, uh, in the truly and like you're my wife now, so I can tell you, in all honesty, it did not like occur to me that you weren't opening up because you thought, right. "Oh, this is like I feel totally comfortable. I can trust him." So, when I showed you the photos, which we developed ourselves, you so, had the dark room. Yeah, this is not like we took it to you know uh, whatever used to like a Rite Aid, which used to do photos, believe it or not. Um, and you were like, "What the hell?" Like I told you not to take any, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like explained it, thought you'd gotten comfortable, and you're like, "I want you to destroy the negatives." And I thought the photos were so beautiful that I was. Mortified, and I remember we were in the parking lot at the Beverly Center, wow. going up, and I thought, "Can I really be with someone that would make me destroy art?" Wow! Yeah, I've told you this yeah, so no, many no, times. No, 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 I know, like, but I love like, hearing. Oh my God, it's like a real confessional. No, no, no. I mean, I've heard it. I just, it's always funny to hear that, like fresh. It's been a while yes. since we've spoken about it. But I remember thinking, like, can I be with somebody who actually, and I actually, <laughs> who bamboozled me, who bamboozled me, and me took, yeah, like, new yeah. Photos that telling me, yeah, and I was like, because I, I was like, I put my trust in him. Yeah, I totally get it. Like, I put my, tr- I was very honest. It wasn't the guesswork. I was also, very upfront. In, in a Me Too world, even telling that story, I was like, that's really gross. So that's why <laughs> I was like, I swear to God, I thought that you just got uncomfortable. That was not me trying to be gross or skeevy. Yeah. I did not take these to a printing place and, like this. And was... again, because we were just dating, I didn't know where our relationship was going. So literally, I'm thinking, one day I'm going to get married. Yeah. One day I'm going to have a husband who's going to freak out that some out other there, dude yeah. has naked photos of me. Yeah. So I was horrified. And yeah, I was like, shame now. We should have kept him, Billy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> See what you've done? Also, you wouldn't let your husband come to your college graduation. I'd just like to point that out. Again, we were only dating and you wanted to be my graduation photos. And I'm thinking one day I'm going to get married and my husband's going to be like, I can't believe you let a guy in your graduation photos. So funny. Oh, I was. You want to talk about things that we were traumatized about at the beginning of our relationship. That was one of them. That was, yeah. And the funny thing is, it, to me, it was like a no-brainer. And if you had pushed back so much, I'd be like, okay, you're not the right for me because you don't understand where I'm coming from. Um, because, like, yeah. And yeah so, but the fact that you at least didn't show how annoyed you were. And well, your that points. one was like, look, I was traumatized that you wouldn't let me go to your graduation, but not like nothing like you making me destroy art that yeah. i was and that was so early that i was really like hmm especially because you were know. such an artist back then yeah that's interesting was, i was way invested in that as an identity you're right yeah but like our communication even from then i think was pretty open i mean obviously we were very honest about that. i don't think i said i'm considering breaking up no with in fact no you didn't but you definitely showed me you were annoyed but yes, yes. for sure and in the end, obviously, I made the right decision. Um, but it's funny to think how sort of fragile a relationship is in the early days. Like those little tiny yeah, decisions. Yeah, like, God, if you did that now, I'd be like, okay. Like, if you were like, we have to burn the house down. I'd be like, whoa, like, what are we doing? 
but I'd be like, all right. Right, right. But back then I was like, what? Over some negatives. Yeah, it's funny because I remember, I always think about this one little decision as well, which I've told you about before. Um, when we had just first started dating, and I went back to London. I got back to London and then within like three days, some this one of my ex-boyfriends I, had actually dumped me and I was, you know, I quite liked him. I wasn't in love with him at all, but I quite liked him. He reached out to me after we had started dating and I went back to England. He reached out to me and he was like, hey, do you want to go hang out? And I remember thinking like, I didn't know where my, me, like, I didn't even know if you were ever going to come to England. You said right. you were, but you hadn't booked your ticket yet. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, he, he's reached out to me. Like, and I was like, no, like you can't take this moments back. Like once you've made a decision or once you do make an act, you know, like whether you cheat on someone or anything like that, it's like, you cannot reverse it. And so I, I remember thinking in that moment, like, I don't even know if Tom's ever going to come to England like he promised. I have no idea if he's even going to call me again. For all I know, I left the country and now he's on to the next person. I didn't think so because we had such a chemistry, mm. but I didn't know. And I remember thinking like, shit, well, this guy's reached out to me. Do I get a second chance with him? And I was like, no, you can't get it back. You just can't get it back. So I remember saying no. I think I made the right decision. I think you did. <laughs> I think you did. But that's kind of even little like mental mental things mm. that we've we've done all along the way where it's like okay, this is the moment to decide like how badly do you want to be with this person and make it right. work because those tiny little decisions do have an effect on that future relationship. Mm. So they do indeed. All right guys, that's sadly all we have time for. Yes, and thank you for bearing with me through illness here and a bit of a stuffy nose. Bless you. Um, and um, I just want to say a massive shout out to all the Impact Theory fans that came to the booth. Yeah, I met a amazing. lot of women and guys that have said how much this show has actually meant to them. Mm. And honestly, guys, like that is what drives me and you, right? Bringing value, creating impact. So the fact that we had so many fans at the New York Comic Con that came and said relationship theory has really helped us in our relationship, has really helped me as a person. Like that is so meaningful to me and very encouraging to keep going. Yeah, I was surprised like how many people just sort of low key, like, oh, I love impact theory and relationship theory. It was like there was a lot of people that mentioned that. Yeah. So I'm super stoked on that. And then I, I will just say that, guys, I'm talking to you and only you right now. We have a new show out called Women of Impact. And if you want to be a fly on the wall of how women think, if you've ever thought about that, I'm telling you, this show is that secret insight. The show reminds me of that time you guys were doing the um, female empowerment dinner. And um, you, I don't know, you guys hadn't forgotten I was here, but I was the only other person here. And I was downstairs and I came upstairs and you guys were having like this ultra feminine moment. I don't know how else to explain it. Like that you could like, you had to crawl through the estrogen. It was like this <laughs> crazy cloud of femininity. And I remember thinking, I've literally never seen women like, like this before. Like this is such an unguarded, like, feminine and wonderful moment and it was so cool to see and I thought whoa like it was just really and it wasn't anything you were saying wasn't anything necessarily that you were doing it was like everything together the way that you were communicating to each other your body language the posture the group dynamic it was just everything rolled into one was super revelatory and 
that's how Women of Impact feels to me. So clearly it is a show designed for women. But just like I will say part of the reason that I think that I'm good at relationships, when I was a teenager, I obsessively was reading Cosmo magazine and like um, Elle and like everything that I could get my hands on because I wanted, if I'm really honest, I wanted to be good at sex. Like that's just the gospel truth. And I didn't know how else to do it. And so for me, like I, you look at the magazines and it was like all they did was talk about sex. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get to learn about this from the female perspective. And because I spent so many hours reading that, like I re- no one had to tell me where the clitoris was. Let's just be really clear about that. Like I'd already read 115 articles about it. So it was like th- that kind of insight about the way that women think from women's perspective is super powerful. I did not expect to go on that long about it, but like I really think the show is dope. Oh, thank you. And yeah, I'm super blown away by you as an interviewer. I think the show has a ton of value for women, but I think that it's undervalued for dudes and I think they should like completely on the DL be just like in that thing. Thank you, baby. Yeah, and sure. that is available on podcasts under Women of Impact or on YouTube, Women of Impact. Word. So thank you for that shout out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, and going back to relationship theory, guys, to support this show, if it is bringing you value, please, please do spread the word, rate and review. And then the one thing that I think always is actually making a difference is screenshotting if you're listening to an episode and uh, tagging us so that we can spread the word on your IG stories. If that's not too much trouble, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Cool. And then also follow you at Tom Billu. And you at, at Lisa Billu. There you go. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, my friends, be legendary. Peace out. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.